This morning I'll be reading another sermon in a series on the second letter of Peter that was put together by Reverend Stephen Hart, currently serving in the Pre-Reformed Church of Melville. The last sermon on this series focused on the verses 5 and 8 to 11, where he spoke about the reason and the way to supplement our faith. This morning we will have a more detailed look at the verses 5, 6 and 8. So let's first read from 2 Peter 1, verse 1 to 11. You'll find that towards the back of your Bible, just Revelations, letters of John, and then you'll get Peter. To Peter, chapter 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. To those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness." and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so near-sighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. So we'll be focusing on verse 5, 6 and 8. So we'll just read those again. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control. And then verse 8 For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, this is the third sermon in a series on 2 Peter, a third sermon where you will be hearing about growing in godliness and what 2 Peter 1 verse 5 calls supplementing or adding to your faith. The Bible verses we'll be focusing on this morning, part of verse 5, 6 and 8, promise to be very practical. But how do you feel about that? 
How do you feel about hearing the command again to make every effort to supplement your faith, to strive in your walk with God? Some of you might be looking forward to this. I like practical sermons, you might be thinking. I could do with a quick, swift kick to tell me to get on with it, to press on and grow in godliness. Or else you might be looking forward to this because not only you, but this church needs a swift kick up the pants. I'm not seeing a lot of godliness, you might be thinking. People seem to be more focused on themselves than on God. Our standards are slipping. To be told to increase in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, to make every effort to grow in knowledge and to persevere in godly self-control is a good reminder for all of us. Some of you might not be all that excited. There's enough legalism in this church already, you might be thinking. I, don't, I already feel judged as not good enough. Right now, I don't need a sermon telling me how much I'm a failure. I'm struggling to keep it all together, as it is. To be, to be told to step it up, to be diligent, and to do more and more as if we're in some sort of spiritual boot camp, that's too much. That's too hard. It is true that 2 Peter 1 verse 5 to 8 urges us to grow in faith. When it says in verse 5 that you are to make every effort to supplement your faith, this means that our faith in Jesus Christ must lead to a changed life. A changed life where we make every effort to grow. Adding to our faith is going to cost us something. It will require effort. And so you can expect this sermon to prod you along, to urge you into action, and to spare no effort in your desire to grow in faith. But there is something you need to understand first, and that's the context in which Peter gives this command. 2 Peter 1 verse 5 says, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and so on. And the reason Peter is referring to can be found in verse 1 to 4. It's because of what God has given us in Christ Jesus, salvation, righteousness, the gift of being partakers of the divine nature and escaping the corruption that is in the world, it is because of these things that we are now commanded to supplement our faith. In other words, you don't add to your faith to be accepted by God, but you do these things because you have already been accepted by him through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So this sermon is not a kick up the pants to get you going up the ladder of faith by your own grit and determination. This sermon is not intended to give you a code of behaviour that we should all follow so that we can pat ourselves on the back and look down our noses at everyone else. And this sermon is most certainly not intended to give you the message that somehow you do have to do it all for your salvation after all. Rather, we need to understand the context We need to see that Peter is writing these things to those who have been purchased by the blood of Christ. Those who belong to Christ by a true faith and have received grace and peace and indeed everything from God already. And who are now simply being told to use what they have received to grow in the grace and the knowledge that is ours in Jesus Christ. I preach to you God's word under the following theme. Supplement your faith with knowledge and self-control. We'll see two points. 
Firstly, grow in knowledge, and secondly, persevere in godly self-control. It is interesting that Peter's second letter refers to knowledge and the need to grow in knowledge so many times. When Peter wrote this letter, there were false teachers around who would later, who, who would later be known as Gnostics. The word Gnostic comes from the Greek word gnosis, which means knowledge. These Gnostics claimed to have some sort of secret knowledge through which they achieved a spiritual awakening. But what these false teachers called knowledge was, in fact, falsehood. Since 2 Peter 2 verse 1 says, they denied the Lord who bought them. But true knowledge is the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Specifically, who the Lord Jesus is and what he has done for our salvation. That's how Peter talks about knowledge in his second letter. We'll run through a few references to knowledge and notice the connection between knowledge and the Lord Jesus. We'll start with verse 2. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord. Verse 3. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. And then verse 8. For if these qualities are yours and increasing, are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 12, which is slightly different, says, Therefore I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. And that truth that you have, Peter's, Peter's readers knew, is the truth of the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 2 verse 20 For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And finally we see in 2 Peter 3 verse 18, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. So the knowledge that Peter is writing about, therefore, is clearly a knowledge about the Lord Jesus. And so a knowledge about the Gospel. Who Christ is, what it means to be saved in him, and what it means to live in him. And that is what we must add to our faith. Our faith is, of course, both knowing and believing the gospel of our salvation in Jesus Christ. Our catechism puts it well when it says in answer 21 that true faith is both a sure knowledge, whereby I accept as true all that God has revealed to us in his word, and then also a firm confidence that not only to others, but also to me, God has granted forgiveness of sins, everlasting righteousness and salvation out of mere grace only for the sake of Christ's merits. That's what faith is. And when you become a Christian, that's what you need to know and believe. 2 Peter 1 verse 5 tells us to keep adding to this. In other words, keep on growing in your knowledge of who God is, of who our Saviour Jesus is, and keep growing in your knowledge of the gospel, the good news of salvation which can only be found in him. To grow in this way is a beautiful thing, but it does take effort, it takes commitment. It involves opening God's word, reading it, studying it and learning from it, who God is 
and how we are to grow in him and in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 5 says that we are to do this, making every effort. But how are you doing with that? How are your days and weeks scheduled so that you will be growing in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ? There is something happening in the Christian church today. We seem to be giving up on the study of doctrine and the deeper things of God's word for short, snappy blog posts, memes and sound bites. If you are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or some other social media platform and if you have a lot of Christian friends or you follow various Christian organisations, you might have a number of memes or quotes or Bible texts or even video clips that pop up every day and that can be really good to have those reminders about God and the gospel throughout the day. But if that's all, if our attention span to God and his word is limited to anything from two seconds to two minutes, then we will be hardly growing. We will not abound in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah 4 verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Hebrews 5 verse 12 to 14, we read the following. For though by this, this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Ephesians 4 verse 14 we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. That's what happens when we do not add to our faith knowledge. When we do not grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, we become babies, not knowing good from evil. We become prey to false teachers, giving up the true gospel for what is not the gospel at all. And we might even be destroyed for lack of knowledge. So what should we be doing? How should we be growing in knowledge? Well, those quotes, Bible texts and video clips on Facebook can have their place. But God's word, the gospel is so deep and there is so much to learn. Psalm 139 verse 17 says, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God, how vast is the sum of them. You need to know God's thoughts. You need to know what he has commanded. You need to know what he has done. If you were to ask yourself, why is my prayer life so weak? Why do I get confused about what is right and wrong? Why is my understanding about what the Bible teaches so fuzzy? Why does my walk with God lurch from crisis to crisis? then maybe the answer might be, at least in part, because you do not know God's word, word well enough, because you are not steeped in it, because you are not growing in it with all diligence, because you do not abound in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us how we are to grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. The Bible gives us good examples of this. Acts 2 verse 41 to 42 describes the church at the time of Pentecost as follows. So those who received his word were baptised and there were added that day about 3,000 souls and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching 
and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 4 and 5. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge. But what about you? What do you know about God, about the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, about living in Christ and growing in him? Have you gone through some sort of instruction and have you professed your faith? How has your growth in knowledge been going since then? How are you now adding knowledge through making every effort? Young men, you are called to grow in your faith not just for yourself but also for your family. Or if you are not yet married and God blesses you with a wife, your future family. You will be called upon to lead in prayer, to guide your family in the wonderful doctrines of God's word. You need to be ready to speak about the gospel and your life in Christ to whoever you meet in your daily walk of life. You are expected to use your gifts in the church, perhaps leading group Bible study, perhaps as a future office bearer. But do you have the knowledge for this? Young women, you are also called to grow in your faith, not just for yourself but also for others. You also need to be ready to speak about your faith, to defend the true gospel. You will also be challenged by many new and wrong ideas in this changing world. If you have a family or if God will bless you with a family and with children, you'll be called upon to do a lot of the teaching and instruction. But are you preparing for this? Are you making every effort to grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ? And this applies to all of us. The world is changing. We are and we will be faced with many challenges, many questions. But how will you respond to these things if you do not know what the Bible teaches you? We read in 2 Peter 3, verse 17 and 18, You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. But grow, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. So how should you do this? Make the study of God's word, make growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ central in your life rather than something you just do from time to time. Arrange your days, your week, your life, around a growth in a knowledge of the gospel. Sit together around your dinner table and read your Bible. Read your Bible for yourself. Pray. Come to church consistently and prayerfully listen to the word preached with an open Bible, searching the scriptures so that you might be convinced of what is written in them. Keep reading various articles online and in good magazines. Plan to read good books about the Bible and the various teachings in the Bible and talk with others about what you are learning. Join in with a Bible study group or else start a new one. But do all of this on your knees, praying that you will not simply learn for the sake of learning but so that you might abound in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Will that take effort? Does that take commitment? Yes, it does. It will not always be easy and you will need to give all diligence to this. But don't be anxious about it. Don't look at the mountain and conclude, that's ah, all too hard. There is just too much to do. Instead, fix your eyes 
on the Lord Jesus Christ and rejoice in your new life in him. Pray that you might love him more and more and then learn. Learn about him so that you might understand him more and more. And as you do that, then it will be an increasing pleasure to add to your faith knowledge. We come to the second point. Persevere in godly self-control. As you learn to know Christ better and gain a growing understanding of the gospel and what it means to be saved in Christ, you will also want to live for Christ and to persevere in godliness. And so 2 Peter 1 verse 6 says that having supplemented our faith with knowledge, we are to supplement knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness. We could go through each of these virtues individually, but there is some overlap and in the interests of time we will look at these things together, learning what it means to give all diligence to persevere in godly self-control. It is a hard thing to persevere in godly self-control. It happens so quickly that we go from godliness to godlessness in our thoughts, words or behaviour. Titus 2 verse 11 and 12 says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age. But how do you live self-controlled? How can we live righteously? How can we be godly in this present age? Why do we love the world and the things of this world? Why is it so hard to battle against the flesh? How do we keep from falling again and again? We hear a lot about addictions lately. Addictions to drugs, to meth, to painkillers. Addictions to alcohol and addictions to pornography. The Bible uses a broader word for this, the term lust. This term lust doesn't only refer to wrong sexual desire, but to all those desires, those longings, those cravings that rage within us. Many of us find it hard to fight against those lusts. Many of us stumble and fall again and again until we cry out as Paul did in Romans 7, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? At times you might even give up. At times you might even try to get used to your sin to conclude this is the new me and this is how things are always going to be. But when we think or speak this way then we have forgotten the Lord Jesus Christ and we have forgotten the indwelling work of the Holy Spirit. To live a life free from giving into lust is to live a life of self-control. Self-control is the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us Christ and calls us to live in Him. The Holy Spirit works through the Gospel. To see Christ, therefore, and to live in the Gospel of Christ is the key to self-control. And then what we will find is that as we grow in our love for God and our love for Christ, we will want to live in fellowship with Christ. And that fellowship with Christ will be so precious that we will not want anything to get in the way of that fellowship. That's what the Apostle Paul meant when he wrote in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 27, But I disciple my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others I myself should be disqualified. Is that hard to do? Absolutely. Satan will attack each one of us in different ways. 
To persevere in godly self-control is a hard thing to do, and it requires effort, diligence. But as we turn to God, as we fix our attention on Jesus Christ, and as we grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the Lord will give us what we need to fight temptation. We find great comfort in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13, where we read, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. And as in God's power, you fight that temptation and the lust that rage within you. And as you turn more and more to Jesus Christ and find your fulfillment and satisfaction in him, then you will also see progress in your growth in godliness. To grow in godliness and to abound in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ is not a losing battle. Yes, it's a struggle. And at times you may become discouraged, but then turn once more to God. Turn to Jesus Christ. Look back to the cross where your sins were paid for and look forward to the return of Christ. And as you do this, growing and abounding in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, you will grow and be firmly established in him. Therefore, abound in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, since you who have been purchased in the blood of Christ have been given all things for a life of godliness. Grow in him, and in that sense add to your faith not only virtue, but also knowledge, self-control, perseverance and godliness. And when you do that, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ but you will partake in the divine nature, reflecting our God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, to the praise of his glory and grace. Amen.